This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Toronto Police Constable James Forcillo has heard the news he did not want to hear. A panel of judges has upheld the conviction and sentence against him for the attempted murder of Sammy Yatim in 2013. Our security and terrorism expert Ross McLean is on the line with Reaction. Ross, always nice to have you here on the show. Yeah, good to be with you. So what does this announcement mean for James Fursillo? Well, it means he's got a little bit more certainty as to where the next, where his future is going to be going forward. He's not going to be sitting uh, as much, you know, waiting place, maybe perhaps hoping beyond hope that he would win an appeal and, and get out and perhaps have the conviction overturned. So I think it'll bring, bring a little bit more certainty to his prison stay. And I think it'll also allow the... Uh, uh, for him to perhaps get into a more settled-in place as to where he's going to do his time for the prison, because my understanding is he's he's uh, being held in segregation in different places, and it's it's not a very settled time. So, so what's next, uh, I guess, in terms of will he receive a sentence for six years? Will that end up going forward? Well, his lawyer says, his appeal lawyer says they're going to talk to him, they'll wait for instructions from the client that they'll do that. And then I assume they'll have to wait to say that the association is going to pay for that. I mean, the association has put out a, a massive amount of money for this trial. This trial is so unusual in so many ways, Jane, from the way it came to our, the public's attention with the video uh, to the the court case where they actually split the two shootings into two separate events as opposed to one, which was very strange. And that was the key part of their appeal, uh, one of the key parts of their appeal. And, of course, that was dismissed by the panel of judges, as you said. Let's review the case. Let's go back to that July night in 2013 and review what happened. Yeah, well, what we have is we had a call. Uh, well, most people are familiar with the tape. I think that's probably been the most, some of the most viewed video, uh, more than the Zapruder film even. It was uh, seen all over the world. We had the officer come up, encountered a man uh, in emotional distress with a knife. He fired a volley of shots when he felt his life was threatened. The jury felt that that was okay. They dismissed a charge of murder against him for that. However, they convicted him of attempted murder uh, for firing a second volley of shots uh, that uh, resulted in Mr. Yutim's death. And that was the strange part for it. So it was very difficult as this has moved forward. Uh, We've never had as much camera coverage, audio coverage, I think, on a police shooting in quite a long time. And uh, a jury and an appeals court had a chance to look at it. Do you think that things have turned out in the way that they should as of today? Well, I, I think that the one thing people need to know is when it comes to police shootings, uh, they do need to be fully explored and people need to understand uh, how they take place. We saw Constable Lamb with his uh, his great work. That was caught on at least one video camera that we know of, for showing, or two video cameras, uh, as to how he performed and what he did. We saw that was right. Uh, Mr. Forsillo's shooting was caught on a lot of cameras. He had very, very able defense, and the jury ruled uh, that he was guilty. So, I mean, I I think in the end this one came out because it was fully explored. 
the police defense wanted to look at a couple of other issues that I don't think would have served them well. One of them was suicide by cop, and the other was mm-hmm. critical stress incidents response, which would be a new defense. They wanted to bring new evidence in. Uh, but I think in this case, there was enough video that uh, people were able to uh, make their conclusions, and the jury certainly did. Has James Forcillo lost his title of Toronto Police Constable? Is he now out of the Toronto Police Association? Well, I, I believe that's, that's what happened. I'm not sure if they go to appeal to the Supreme Court. Normally what happens with the appeal to the Supreme Court uh, that is held on to. There's some changes coming up to the Police Services Act. I'm not sure if they've come in yet or not that allows some different things to be done by the service. Uh, so that's in the air. Uh, but uh, the police association has certainly uh, stood by the officer all, all the way and is trying to do it the best they can for him. Well, you can't help, and you just brought up Constable Ken Lamb, you can't help but see the extreme difference between the way Constable Lamb handled the suspect in the Young Street van attack and the way that Forcillo dealt with Sammy Yatim. So this brings to mind, you know, the idea of Forcillo, was he a loose cannon, or have his actions resulted in changes to the way that officers in the city approach suspects? Well, one of the issues is, and I said this with Constable Lamb before, Had he fired his gun when that uh, cell phone or whatever came up at him as he's dealing with the terrorist situation with someone who may have had a gun, they may have had a detonator, there could have been other people in the van, you know, all sorts of things. Had he shot, he probably would have been justified. You know, had he not shot and been shot by a suspect, he didn't have a gun in this case, but if they did and he was lying there dead, you know, these are split-second decisions. But I think the issue with the Forsillo case is, that one was not as split second, and it could not be explained mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the differences uh, throughout the long court process. So, I mean, when it's a tight time, Jane, like people don't understand sometimes how it works. If uh, let's say somebody is firing a shot at a police officer, they get the first shot off, but as they're shooting, they're turning to run away. So they shoot, they turn to run away, the officer responds and shoots, they hit the person in the back. A lot of the media will play that up as police officer shoots man in the back. But in real time, it happens in a split second. You don't realize the back is being turned and some of those things. So it's good that this one had a full airing, and it looks like it's had uh, justices on its job. Ross, our listeners would like to comment, as they usually do, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Let's go to Dion in Toronto. Go ahead. You're up on Fight Back. Oh, good afternoon. Uh, just full disclosure, I'm a fan of Ross McLean. Hi, Ross. This is Dion Renee. Yeah, hi, Dion. Hi. I was just um, tuning in just because I saw a tweet on Twitter, and um, it doesn't sound like I disagree with you. He he should be rightly uh, jailed for the actions that he committed. I had questioned whether or not when I tuned in, you would be in opposition to that. So it's good to hear that you recognize and appreciate, which seems to be your modus operandi, and, and I appreciate that in you, uh, to allow the process to go through and the, the decision made. Now, I think when there was a reference to Officer Lamb and the question was asked whether or not Priscilla's case was an example, I think when I heard Desmond Cole's program yesterday on the radio, he had Sandy and Nora on, and they indicated that it was as a result of his direct, his being Officer Lamb's direct involvement in the Andrew Loku case that may have caused him to act differently in this matter with Manassian. Oh, okay. Ross? 
Yeah, what police do is they respond with their training in those cases. And what you see is whatever, I don't know if Constable Lamb had some extra training or not. I don't suspect so. Everything I saw him do, uh, he did according to the way that the police are trained for it. In fact, I thought he even went a little above uh, grade there because he you know, went and turned his siren off so he could continue to communicate, which most cops wouldn't do. You just keep the gun locked on the suspect in case they did have a weapon on them sort of thing. So he performed above and beyond uh, the call, but he definitely did what his training did. And if he had not done that... May I ask a question, though? The host asked a very important question. That was, is he now removed from the police association? You have Roy Preston, a Toronto police officer who punched uh, Jama Jama Saeed in the face in 2003, was convicted, uh, ultimately went through the same process that Priscilla went through, where there's various appeals, even to the Court of Appeal, where the conviction stood. Yet Roy Preston is teaching in police college, of all things, use of force, when he used use of force falsely against this young man who was about 21 years old, knocked out his teeth, falsely accused him of beating Roy Preston up, and then making this young man be jailed and then having to defend himself. This is the practice that goes on with policing, and my concern is whether or not the police are fully accountable in that even after conviction, why would they still have a ties to okay. police colleges okay. be able to be tied in? All right, Dion, we'll press Ross on that. I'm going to let you go. Go ahead, Ross. Yeah, convictions don't mean that you lose your job for all sorts of things. That happens in lots of areas, and it also doesn't happen for the police. You know, and one of the things I want to point out, you know, is Constable Lamb was the one whose number came up that day when, that, when, when this incident happened. He performed and he did well. But there are police officers as we speak that are patting down suspects, checking them for weapons, taking knives off of them, perhaps taking guns off them, having to make tactical decisions every day. And we don't hear about those. You know, so it's a, it's a very, very tough job that when the, uh, the radio call comes in, you respond, you go with your training, you have split seconds to do it. And if your training is good and your attitude is good and the situation is right, you'll, you'll use your weapon lawfully if required, and you won't if it's not. Ross, uh, always enlightening to speak with you. And uh, Dion's not the only fan. We're all big fans here at Zoomer Radio as well. Well, thanks. I try to call it square. Thank you. Okay, Ross McLean, security and terrorism expert here on Zoomer Radio's Fight Back. Still to come, we need to change topics in a hurry. And if you haven't been exercising lately, you will want to stick around. The importance of exercise as we age. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.